There is no going back. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. Today is the 11th of May, 2021. Boy, it's been a while, huh? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing. You know, dark horses are always the ones they don't expect. Um, and you know what's funny? So last week, you guys saw that, uh, you know, we've got stalkers on the Tory Says Show uh, from many walks of <laughs> And so all this weekend, I was mulling around in regards to energy, 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 energy. It was very important because, you know, it's so interesting how no one seems to give credit to just uh, how important uh Hunter Biden really is in the same, in the sense, let's say they put him out to look like a complete crackhead. So nobody pays attention, which he is don't, you know, say, no, he's not, he is. Um, but he's a genius crackhead. He's a functioning drug addict, uh, that, um, is able to do lots of great things. I mean, all you have to do is look at his work. His work is incredible. Uh, what he's done in regards to selling off energy around the world and taking a big fat cut, uh, because obviously he can leverage uh, the position of his father, right? At the time he was vice president. It's not something, you know, to not admire because you have to remember that at the same time as he's selling and making money about, uh, you know, oil and gas around the world from Africa, Europe, and, and, and North America and South America, right? Um, he's also pushing the Green New Deal. So for some reason, it should be a little bit confusing, right? It's, it, it is confusing. Wait a minute. So you're making a load of money, you and your dad and your family and, and the rest of the syndicate. Uh, you guys are all conspiring and making all this money off of gas and oil. But you're also telling us not to use gas and oil for green energy. So that makes you have to sit back and, and wonder just how genius this is. Because you have to be on board with all of them. There's the, the, the countries that you infiltrate and take their energy over. There's the United Nations that is pushing the Green New Deal like nobody's business. I mean, you would think their life depended on it, right? There would be, you know, you, you have all these questions. How is this happening in such a, a manner that we're not able to see past a drug addict, you know, man who measures his penis in M&Ms, and there were a few, uh, planking naked. You know, this is you know, the kind of scenario that you need to understand. They're telling you he's a loser. They're telling you he's a crackhead. They're telling you he has a thing for children, feet, of course, and women, right? Because he's way into pornography. But you have to understand, 
he is also a freaking genius. He's a genius. Do not underestimate him. He is a genius. Now, one might say dark horse, but he's purposely being thrown into the drugs and the sex and allowed to do so because it's great cover. I mean, you wouldn't be able to believe that someone that is a crackhead like that and, you know, loses money all the time and tweaks out and puts out audio like the stuff on lookingglass.com, you know, where he's like, you know, talking as if he's like this entity or deity, right? Perfect cover, perfect for the things that he's doing. And so I want you guys to sit back. You don't have to like it because there's a lot of things that I don't like about people, but I admire them. I'm like, damn, that's good. Like Pelosi. Do you know that in some of his communications, he mentioned Paul Pelosi's companies and how eager they would be to kiss the ring and come in? Oh, yes. But a lot of things that were said yesterday on Tucker's show upset me because they were false. See, the Daily Mail put out false information. They whitewashed what was really happening. And I want to point it out by demonstrating it, by showing you uh, the report that he put out. And um, it's, it's, it's so incredible uh, on how uh, the guy made it spin. I mean, some of it was accurate, but a lot of it was not. It was not. You know, it was like revealing opposition research. We already looked at the stupid opposition research. That looked like opposition research too. It looked like bullshit. It looked like someone trying to enter into uh, talking again uh, for to find out what's going on because they've been silent, because people have been cleaning up their mess, because they his laptop, she didn't know that stuff, right? It's none of her business. So I'm going to play this for you so you guys can see it. And we're going to go through it because I'm going to show you just how the media, and I'm not saying, uh, you know, Tucker's all bad, but I mean, he should have like paid attention to that more. You know, that, that was super weird that he did that. So let's play this. And I want you guys to take a, uh, take a listen and we'll pause as they speak. We're not exactly sure when the Daily Mail, which some of us used to make fun of, started breaking more real news than the Washington Post and the New York Times, but that's clearly the case now. If you don't read it, check it out and you'll see that's true. Daily Mail reported last week on messages between Hunter Biden and an assistant who apparently has been tied to the intelligence services of China. Those messages included advice for Joe Biden's 2020 presidential campaign. We want to go right to the reporter who broke that story tonight. Josh Boswell, who's got more for us. Josh, thanks so much for coming on. Congrats on the story, by the way. Quite a story. Thank you. I wonder why it fell to a foreign news source to report this, Daily Mail being a British publication, but but thank you for doing it. So what, what do these messages tell us? So these emails and text messages that I, I found on Hunter Biden's laptop, really quite intriguing. Um, to set the backdrop for you, you've got Hunter Biden in 2017 striking up this joint venture with a Chinese oil and gas huge company. Um, CEFC, it's called. Now, he enters into this joint venture. The secretary general of that country is uh, uh, that company, sorry, is a guy called Patrick Ho. Okay, let's stop for a second. It's a joint venture because he created the CEFC in the USA and Hunter Biden still owns 50 percent. 
and uh, and then Hunter gets assigned this uh, this assistant, Jackie Bao. She's a Chinese American. She was 29 at the time. And you see at first some very normal messages. Um, any any kind of personal assistant would send doctor's appointment. Wait, I also want you guys to know that Patrick Ho, right, is not on any of the incorporation documents, signed no leases, and wasn't even um, part of the deal, right? It was, well, Guang Gong Ho was. So, you know what? I'll pull up my laptop as we listen to this so we can go through it. Hold on. It's hotel bookings, flight bookings, but then they get to, to become more and more personal. And uh, the turning point really is when you see Patrick Ho, uh, that secretary general of CEFC, get arrested by the feds um, here in the United States uh, in November 2017 over bribery corruption charges. And uh, this assistant starts sending Hunter these emails asking what's going on. She wants detailed information on the case. Um, kind of strange for, for someone in quite a junior position. And then you see more and more personal emails come out as well. She um, she jokes with him. She uh, tells him that, um, you know, the drinks are on her. She, she says that she's become very close to him. And she ends up uh, with his military dog tags in her New York apartment. We're not sure why, how they got there, but um, there is a real closeness. And then as time goes on, uh, after this joint venture starts to collapse because of this arrest of Patrick Ho and also the arrest in, in China of um, the, um, the leader of the company. Let's stop there too. So first of all, Patrick Ho was arrested in 2017. And the venture in 2018, one of the Hudson West ventures, not the third, another Hudson West version, broke up in March of 2018. And it had nothing to do with Patrick Ho getting arrested. Now, why is that, Tori? How do you know? Well, there's an email about that. I haven't showed that, but I'm going to put the article up. Um, so I've got that. That probably came from one of his phones, if I'm not mistaken, or his Gmail account. But in there, he's all bitchy because um, they said, okay, so he submitted expenses and someone was like, yeah, I don't know if CEFC is going to pay for this or pay for that. And he got bitchy about it. He's like, what do you mean pay for that? Nobody questions my expenses. I'm the boss. Okay. I'm the boss. And I own 50. He bratted to all of the board members in his own words and said, what are you talking about? I own 50%. Who are you to tell me? that you're not going to, no, that's not what's going to happen. And he broke it up. The Chinese guy was like, I could care less about the expensive. We just don't want troubles of things popping up. We need to do them by the book. So he was pissed. So that's what happened. It had nothing to do with Patrick. Oh, and by the way, by the way, um, it wasn't the Hudson West that's still in operation. And it wasn't the one about Patrick Ho. Okay. So it's all bullshit right? So whatever this guy is saying is wrong. He's petting everybody's ears by, oh yeah, it's curious that she was so smart. Yeah. She wasn't just a hoe. She was, she was hot. I mean, if you were single or just in a relationship with your dead brother's wife, so that's kind of weird. And you were tapping some asses. I mean, if she was next to you, you would tap that. She's, she's pretty hot. Why not? Um, but the bottom line is they didn't break up that specific group because of Patrick Ho 
He's the one that set fire to the board of directors and said, I own 50%. Don't tell me, Chinaman, what to do. So that's that. Now, why are they putting this story out? First of all, they probably never looked at those emails until we, you know, broke that story here together on Tori Says. They never had seen them before. And this is why I took down my Twitch. I wanted to see who's watching my stuff. <laughs> I mean, it worked. This is how you catfish people. Not catfish, honeypot them. So just so you guys know, that's why I did that. I wanted to see who was watching. I wanted to see who was working. And obviously a lot of people were watching yesterday because we were talking about the pipelines and suddenly their software is hacked. It's like, whoa, what a coincidence. So... Anyway, let's listen to the rest of this spin story this guy has to say. The chairman, um, you see her emailing Hunter with all of these strange ideas. She she sends him um, a bunch of essentially opposition research um, to help Joe Biden in his presidential bid. Um, and it's very odd for that to be coming from a 29-year-old secretary. Yeah, yeah, it is. Maybe it was coming from somewhere else. Yeah, it was. She sent it to him because now he has a new handler. And it's a UN-centric handler. We'll get to that. I'll show you guys about that later. It's not time to talk about it yet. That's why we're not talking about it yet. But she has, uh, he has a new handler from South Africa. What is she called? A wife now, right? <laughs> and so they're out of the loop. She's out of the loop. So she was just trying to give him some information that the other side to be able to see uh, who, what, when, where is paying attention, just so you, um, just so you know. So let's go to, again, this has to do with Biden. Pretty interesting. So dovetails from my conversation this weekend. It's very interesting considering all that paperwork was there. I want you guys to listen to this. This is pretty, this is pretty awesome and damning. Take a listen. 45%, just an unbelievable number. Uh, when, when could we expect this to have an impact on gas prices? When am I going to go to the pump and see it over $4 a gallon? Well, if, if it doesn't uh, get turned back on by, I would say Wednesday, it's going to really start affecting it. Uh, it it's a serious problem. Uh, you also have, I, I believe, eight uh, car cargoes of uh, gasoline have left uh, the uh, European coast for, for New York, or for the New York area. Um, uh, we have to deal with it. We have to deal with it. And for the federal government to, to relax all uh, restrictions, uh, I believe they believe it's a serious problem. Yeah. Uh, initially, they said that they're going to turn it back on slowly, manually by Tuesday or Wednesday, but, you know, we have to wait and see. We don't know. Uh, meanwhile, uh, uh, you know, I told the, all my people at our companies, make sure you have a full tank of gas in your car because you never know. And uh, yes. uh, it, it'll be solved, uh, but it'll show you what cyber uh, 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 security is very important. And, uh, you know, we have the Army, the Navy, and uh, the Air Force protecting us. We got now Space uh, uh, Force uh, protecting us. I think we need a, a real cyber force 
because it's a new form of war. This is such now, a good point. I, let, let me just ask you quickly, because I, 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 you know, you are in this every single day. You're very familiar with the pipeline business. Uh, who did this? Who do you think did this? And and I, I know the general reasons why, but why are they going after us in this way? So if you remember, for those of you that are on my Telegram, you know exactly where I was this weekend. I've sent pictures from the Red Apple. Now, I have a bunch of stuff and documents that aren't accessible to many about these pipelines. And um, I was talking about it all weekend. And I was telling people that this is where it is. Don't underestimate Hunter Biden. He's a functioning crackhead. That's a cover. He is a crackhead, but he's functioning. There's a lot of people I know that are heroin addicts and they're functioning. I mean, I'm a cigarette addict and I function, right? Um, but think about it. Now that we have John Katz talking about the stuff that everything was being talked about this weekend, you know, picture if it didn't happen, there were pictures. And so um, what people need to understand is, is that this isn't about just their power over you. It's them having sold your nation and your resources for their benefit while they are ruling over you. I hope that came out right. I'm really hoping. But what John Katz is going to say now in regards to the very weird and oddly timed cyber hack on the pipelines, the ones that I told you are the Chinese drilling our oil and gas shipping it overseas and then selling it back to us suddenly got hacked. That's so weird. Why? Whatever they were trying to cover up, guess what? We already got it. Well, you know, they're saying it's Black Horse, some, uh, some uh, organization, but maybe then we don't want to fight with Iran right now. Maybe we don't want to fight with Russia, but it could be another, you know, disinformation from our own government saying it's Black Horse did he say dark horse? He said black horse, right? Okay, just checking. Because they don't want to blame Russia right now. Uh, it, 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 it's, it could be anybody. Uh, it, it's hard to trace down and say, oh, it's black horse. You know, I don't believe that, uh, pardon my language, crap uh, uh, any, any, anymore. Uh, it could be anybody. It could be Russia. And it's a new form of war. Right. This, is, this is the 21st century, and this is the way they're conducting war. I would say, give me the routers. I can tell you where it happened in Virginia. Yep, that's it. This was a J-O-B style hack. Damn, Tori has that stuff. We need to eliminate all data that the pipes have. We have to eliminate all the gallons and stuff. We got to shut it down. You think they hacked us from another nation? Stop. <laughs> Biden, you guys use the same damn playbook every single time. This was an inside job to cover up what we already have. You can't take it back. This is why I've been sitting out just waiting to make sure that I was in the right place, giving it to the right people, and then releasing it to the public. You see how that works? Because that's why they quickly, after the Tory Says Show, hacked the shit out of it. Funny how that works. But it's a dark horse. I mean, black horse. Uh, and uh, we really don't know where it's coming from. But we have to deal with it. And uh, that's why I said before, we need cyber, uh, a cyber force 
uh, with reliable people and to concentrate just on on this because tomorrow it could happen to the Treasury Department. You're right. It could happen to the Pentagon again. It could happen to any any one of our industries and it, it could cripple us. And uh, it's a new form of war and we have to be prepared. And still very little response from the Biden administration. Uh, of course, Joe Biden shut down the Keystone Pipeline on uh, on January 20th. You know, people people sort of joked about well, you Space talk Force. about the Keystone Pipeline. Yeah, uh, it, it's important. You know who wins? America has 100 years worth of oil. We were going to take Canadian oil. We were going to take American oil, ship it down to the Gulf Coast and make it into gasoline by In a American clean way. Workers. Yep. Yep. And, and distribute it all over the world, all over uh, South America, Africa, Central America. You know who wins? America loses. Russia and OPEC wins because they're going to be shipping that gasoline uh, right now to those areas. Yeah. Well, Saudi Arabia only has 33 years left. So, no. The whole point of the pipeline, according to what we are being told, is what John Katz just said. But that's not what they were doing. The reason they were doing it is because they were trying to uh, ship it out, okay, through the north, okay, not through the south, okay, kind of like the East Coast Pipeline through the north, okay, through Maine, right? I'm just pointing it out because the Chinese said so. And you know, you only have to look it up just a little bit and you'll see that the people that were closest to the president had him sign MOUs. Hold on. Uh, let me pull one up. Because I haven't done that. Trump, MOU, China, gas. Hold on. Uh, there we go. So this is from 2017. They did this. They did this because they covered up with Patrick Ho. You see, timing is everything. Timing is everything. You see how these clowns work? Timing is everything. So let me share this article with you so you can see just how long I've been following this and understand how they're doing it. So here we go. Let me share the screen for those. Oh, it is already shared. I'm using other software today. There we go. So as you can see here, it says, uh, let me see if I could zoom in for you, for those that like to read it. So you'll see this is from November 9th, 2017, right when they rolled up Patrick Ho. China Energy Investment Corp which is C-E-F-C, to be straight. It's just a different name. Uh, we went through shell company naming and babushkas, right? So the world's largest power company by asset value has signed a memorandum of understanding to invest $83.7 billion in shale gas power and chemical projects in West Virginia. The U.S. state said on Thursday, the agreement was the biggest among a slew of deals signed during U.S. President Donald Trump's state visit to Beijing. The total value of the deals done during Trump's trip could be as much as $250 billion. The gas and power agreement marks the first overseas investment for newly founded China Energy, which formed from a merger of China Shenhua Group, the country's largest coal producer, and China Guadian Corp., one of its five utilities. Beijing is supporting and encouraging power companies to expand globally, and the agreement underscores China's energy ambition to, to diversify into natural gas and the refining sector. Now, listen to this. The tutored investment would extend over a 20-year period, covering projects of power generation, chemical manufacturing, and the underground storage of liquefied natural gas, LNG, West Virginia's Department of Commerce said in its announcement. The deals will help create 
jobs in West Virginia and lift its economy. Now, if you remember yesterday, we went through the list of LNGs that Hunter Biden was selling to the Chinese, right? And they were talking about all of this. So that means that the people the president had next to him were telling him that this is something new and that they're looking to come in and, you know, they need a memorandum of understanding of this is all you're going to do. You will invest. Listen, they didn't tell President Trump what was really going on. Actually, I had sent him via FedEx documentation of what was really going on and that Hunter Biden had 50% interest in the company. But guess what? Someone at the White House made sure that that never got to him. So I thought to myself, that's okay. I'm going to see my president in December of 2017. But no, I didn't because then the attorney general of North Dakota came down and started to discredit me. So it didn't work. That was the problem. So while I was trying to blow the horn and tell the world, yo, this is going on. This is what they've been doing, right? This has happened. And you have to remember that I'm one person. President Trump is simply a fabulous human that is incredibly smart. And he relies on people to know their job and he needs to make sure that they're going to be doing his job. He's not an expert in energy. He's not an expert, in, but as president, he has to rely on their expertise and they use that expertise. And don't forget who was in charge of commerce, Wilbur, right? The same guy who saved amalgamated bank. So he saved the Democrats out of getting shut down and killing the unions. And this guy was whispering in our president's ear. Why? Because he was a good businessman. That doesn't mean shit. Titles and tiaras are the fault of every mistake any good leader makes. And this was a mistake because the thing is they duped him with this. And I knew they did. And it was okay because it comes differently. So this is why I was saying about Wilbur, if you read my amalgamated bank articles, how crazy it is that he's on commerce. Because why would you have him when he's doing all these things? He saved the unions. No, he shouldn't have. He should have let them show the world that the amalgamated bank that collects almost over 90% of all union dues go to that bank. And that bank gives loans that no one ever has to repay as long as they're Democrats. You should read my articles on the BCCI 2.0 amalgamated bank. They're older. They're from over two years ago, but they pretty much spell it out. And like I said, people have a very short attention span, so they don't read things anymore. They look at nice pictures and a good headline. And they're like, share. And that's the thing of instantaneous communication that people don't walk through things. Hence why I, I started doing radio. I was approached and I was like, it's not time yet. I was approached again, not time yet. And then when I was approached again, I was like, all right, let's do it. Um, so this is very important. This is why I take my time. Not only that, I could talk about other things that will make idiots that are, you know, pretty much paid to lie to the people, um, you know, get bored and hop off. So that's a good tactic too, right? 
So if in the wise words, who was it? Um, who was it? John Switton, right? He was a former chief of staff for the New York Times. And he addressed the New York Press Club many years ago. And he told all the people of the press, the business of journalists is to destroy the truth, to lie outright, to pervert, to vilify, to fawn at the feet of mammon and to sell his country and his race for his daily bread. You know it and I know it. So what folly in this toasting an independent press? We are the tools and the vessels of rich men behind the scenes. They pull the strings and we dance. And that is 100% true. And like that guy from CNN that was exposed by Project Veritas, what did he say? Grassroots media is the most dangerous thing to the mainstream media. He said it. And the reason that it's dangerous is because no one pulls any strings and they don't dance unless they feel that they want to get a jiggy with it. But he also said that everything starts off grassroots and then it turns into growing some strings. And you've seen it. You've seen it. You've seen how you, the people, have taken control of your community, your city, and your state. And people are twisting your actions to identify with some sort of leader. No one is leading anything. Every single one of you are leaders. You don't need someone to hold your hand. You don't need someone <laughs> to do anything for you. You're more than capable of doing everything yourself. And this is why when other groups will come to me and say, hey, we need help with this. It's like, I don't even, I want to respond and say, no, you could do this on your own. Sometimes I do. Other times I tell someone else, yo, you guys need to stop messaging me because you guys have a better hold on this than I do. I gave you a template. It's your job to do it. It's your community. I can't force you to do it. If you want to, you do it. That's how it is. That's the, that's the way the people get back in control by realizing that every single one of you are equal and every single one of you are leaders. You are the leaders, not the followers. Huh. Nobody has followers. You know, someone was like, Oh, you're followers. I don't have followers. I have listeners. I have friends. I don't have followers. I, I don't like the whole following thing. I'm trying to excise those words from my vocabulary. So, you know, when I saw so many videos yesterday that you guys were sending me from all these people and journalists and, and people like praying medic, right. Talking about the quo warranto. The minute you guys mentioned, Hey, we did that in our Tory says group or blah, blah, blah. You were blocked. Why don't they want the people to get recognition? Why do they want to take your hard work and give it to someone as a leader? You don't need anyone to lead you. You guys are the ones that are going through uncharted waters. You guys are the biggest leaders they are. You're not any organization. You're just simply the people. And that should scare and terrify the shit out of all of them. 
ego, titles and tiaras. Oh, I have a big following. No, you don't. Because if we want to do a pissing contest, I'm more than happy to come, you know, play. More than happy to play. But it's not about that. It's about how effective are you as an individual? Are you effective? Of course you guys are. Look at what you've done. Ann Vandersteel put out this thing and she was like, it was a group on Telegram. <laughs> I was like, no. Guys, she is going to even make it clear. It's just people. You guys met in cafes, in homes, on Telegram, Facebook. You used all medium. Don't let them pinch you one shade. And I'm sure it's not the way it is. She's She sat there and she recorded it and put it out for you guys, which is amazing, right? Because we need a lot of people to record it and put it out. It's your work. It's not my work. It's your work. It's all your work. Don't let anyone take it away from you. It's the people. Like I said, whatever uh, we're talking about and doing, you know, I'll be forgotten. And I'm great about that because you guys are going to be the forefront. That was the whole idea. You were always the plan that the people control and go. So it's Im important. Um, it's very, very important that you guys hit the ground running and just go. And obviously all of us work together. Every single group talks to each other. You guys have admin groups. You have this, like I watch this and, because you guys include me in all of them. And when I have a breather or, you know, have some, I'm not going to say it on air, <laughs> but whenever I can and have some time to myself, I'll look through all of that stuff and read it. Cause you guys can see when I'm last in, in your group. So, you know, when I'm in there, well, I don't know, maybe I turn that feature off, but I'm always in there and I'm watching and you can't believe how proud I am of every single one of you, but I want you to take heed. As you see our president who is amazing, our president who is smart, our president who led the movement from day one, the movement to awaken the people was duped by his own. Now, one can say he was duped willingly, knowingly and willingly, which means I'm game, do it because I've got other plans. Or he was just simply duped, right? So if he can be convinced that this is a good deal and it's not, then so can you. But, but think of it this way. If there was no MOU and there was no agreement, would we be able to see what they're doing? I mean, I'm just saying. Would we be able to see what they're doing if there was no memorandum of understanding? You know, I wonder if it is in one of those missing Hillary Clinton emails, if I remember correctly, if my memory serves me right. I believe there was a memorandum of understanding in regards to a gold mine. I don't know, maybe Hillary's minions can start running a story on that because there might be an MOU from one of those missing emails that may be coming to surface soon. Now, it wasn't 33 emails. It was way more than 33. Let's get that clear. But that 
should be coming closely so people can see that. So I'm pretty sure that this MOU that President Trump signed with China, which uh, allowed them to invest, there's one like that in Haiti. So if there's one like that in Haiti, did I say Haiti? I said it out loud. There was also one in another South American country where I'm pretty sure there was an executive order issued on December 22nd, 2017, that kind of like forbade. And I really think that President Trump had issued four executive orders disallowing certain trades with um, Venezuela, four of them in one year. So insane. I think he did all of them in 2018. I don't know. I'm, I'm just spitballing here. But there could be some MOUs that will be coming out. And, you know, that's why that's why I had to extend my lease in Ohio. I'm just going to stay another year right here. Because, you know, if you remember, well, I don't know how many, how long you guys have been listening. But in 2019, I had sent some emails to Ohio. And it had to do with Clinton Energy Management Services. And it had to do with Enron. There was a case in Ohio that hadn't seen any movement from 2001. So I simply asked the court, hey, since uh, can you like send me stuff on this? Because it's not on Pacer. I'd really like to know what's up with this case. And within like four weeks, the case was reopened and shut. They sent information to shut it down. Then I sent the energy companies of Ohio asking them about the Clinton Energy Management Services investment and how much they owned because it was really weird that Clinton Energy Management Services shared the same damn address in Texas with Enron. And I was just curious because it all came up in that case in Ohio that they quickly shut down. And then they never got back to me and my, and my email was put on the list that they can't accept emails from me. So that was really weird. I'm just saying. So for that reason, I have to stay in Ohio for another year because something's going to be coming up and it may have to do with, um, some of the whole, um, um, hacking, right. The hacking of the energy grids. It may have to do with the hacking of the energy grids. See, what people have to put into perspective many times is just how intertwined this is. In any RICO case, there are many actors. And this is why RICO was created. The RICO Act was created in order to be able to get every single person of the cartel, gang, or mafia group uh, that um, works together. So speaking of energy pipelines, you would have to ask yourself, while people are calling it a threat, a cyber attack, right, on, on our major pipelines, nee, 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 nee. Um, it really isn't. I want you guys to listen to CBS's, which is, I, I want to call it um, clandestine bullshit network. Um, what they had to say in respects to this, because it was, it was quite fascinating to see them in how they changed their narrative. 
I want you to listen carefully as to how they want to dovetail this. Maybe, maybe you'll be able to see it yourself too. So I'm going to let you guys listen to this. Um, it, and like I said, it's quite fascinating. Hold on a second. Her energy pipeline. A suspected cyber attack has forced a major energy pipeline in the U.S. to shut down operations. Colonial Pipeline says it learned of the attack on Friday. The Georgia-based company temporarily suspended services in order to contain the threat. Colonial Pipeline says it transports more than 100 million gallons of fuel through 5,500 miles of pipelines spanning from Texas to New Jersey. The company says it has notified law enforcement and other federal agencies. It has also hired a third-party cybersecurity firm to investigate the attack. For more on this now, I'm joined by CBS News, Homeland Security, and Justice reporter Nicole Skanga. Nicole, what more can you tell us about the scope of this attack? What exactly ha- what exactly was impacted? Yeah, well, Lana, we are largest pipelines in the United States. It is a significant attempt to disrupt energy infrastructure within the United States. The operator of the pipeline, as you mentioned, Colonial Pipeline, said in a statement late Friday, it has shut down its 5,500 miles of pipeline. And as you mentioned, that runs from the Gulf Coast all the way up to New York and feeds into several major uh, airports on the Northeast. And, you know, it's responsible for about 45% of the East Coast fuel supply. So this is really significant Previously, Colonial significantly shut down its gasoline and distillate lines, affecting about 40% of its distribution in 2017. During Hurricane Harvey, we saw a dramatic impact back then. There was also a massive spill in North Carolina last summer after one of Colonial's pipelines ruptured, spilling over a million gallons of gasoline. So we've seen some of these disruptions before, but this kind of cybersecurity hack or attack on the nation's critical infrastructure is fairly unprecedented. And Nicole, as I understand it, at this point, we don't know who's behind it or what the motive was for the cybersecurity attack. But what are some reasons that a pipeline company would be targeted? Yeah, well, in its statement that it put out on Friday, Lana, a Colonial said that it was the victim of a cybersecurity attack. It didn't provide many details. It did say that some of its IT operations had been severely impacted. I think they just wanted to find out if someone on the inside had sent some information to some people. And they just hacked it to go figure out what is it that they know, what has been documented, what is being done, and what they can scrub. But that's you're you're late to the party. Impacted. Now, this attack could be malware shutting down operations. Um, we're currently working on confirming whether or not this could be a ransomware attack where a, a criminal gang or criminals demand payment to unlock computer systems or network files. We do know that Colonial Pipeline has hired uh, outside investigators to look into this, a cybersecurity firm. They've also reached out Uh, to the federal government. In situations like this, the lead on the investigation would be uh, the FBI. Although the nation's critical infrastructure in cybersecurity does fall under the Department of Homeland Security and specifically CISA. Now, we should put out there that this attack comes just months after two major attacks on America's computer networks, the SolarWinds intrusion, which we know has been attributed to Russia's intelligence service, Russia, 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 Russia. Stop. It sounds like John Brennan's been busy. He got new glasses too. We'll talk about that too, because he made his debut on television.
complaining how we <laughs> that President Trump he went after the WAPO reporters to find out who leaked the information. It's like um, we need to listen to that video that video snippet a couple times. It's like, is this coming from the CIA director? Salty, salty. And the thing is, that's what's funny. They're probably thinking, we're all over her computers. How do we know that this isn't? And right after my show where I say, oh, we're talking oil and gas and pipelines, which I took down the next day, they were supposedly hacked. You know why? Because they want to see where did you get this information from? Because the information talks about 2020 and 2021. Was that on laptop? I don't know. You tell me. Services and another against Microsoft's email service that has been attributed to Chinese hackers. Now, at this point, there's no indication that these attacks are related, but we know that during the most recent Microsoft Exchange hacks, uh, cyber espionage groups dropped what's known as web shells onto some vulnerable networks throughout the United States that would create a backdoor and potentially open up vulnerabilities to critical infrastructure. So it could be a state actor behind this. We're still learning more. Uh, you know, cybersecurity experts tell us it's more likely that it is a, a criminal group. Uh, we should just throw out there that, uh, you know, ransomware attacks on the whole have come to the attention of the Department of Homeland Security. In fact, we're currently amid a 60-day sprint to tackle ransomware in the United States. Just last week, Secretary Mayorkas issuing a warning calling ransomware attacks on the United States uh, staggering, creating staggering losses. More than $350 million in victim funds were paid out in 2020. Uh, as the rate of ransomware attacks has increased by 300% within the United States just in the past year. So, Nicole, you're you're telling us that the administration is obviously aware of the problem. They're issuing these warnings. But cybersecurity experts have previously called on the Biden administration to bolster the nation's digital infrastructure, specifically to prevent attacks like this. Has the White House taken any steps to actually address that problem so far or are they really still issuing warning? Well, we did hear, of course, from President Biden and the National Security Council in previous weeks attributing that solar wind cyber attack to uh, the Russian intelligence agency. And so we've started to see attribution. That's an important first step. You know, but solar wind had to do with China, 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 China. But why are they saying why are they saying Russia? Sounds like they don't want the Chinese, you know, now you guys are starting to see why the letters about the, the, the energy infrastructure to the Chinese was a big deal. Are you getting me now? Can you feel me now? Cause it's all about timing. And while I get a lot of hate from people, you should do more. No, I gave a heck more in 2020 when I thought people would have run with it and they didn't. So now the terms are going to be on the people's terms. We're going to make you sweat. We're going to make you hack your own shit. And we're going to make you pull your pants down. Because obviously, the people that are supposed to be helping America are not. Because they're still stuck in their own ways. You're supposed to be experts in irregular warfare, but you can't recognize allies in irregular warfare, can you? That's the problem. We are waiting on a long-awaited uh, cyber executive order to address um, some of the nation's gaps when it comes to critical infrastructure uh, protecting our, you know, OTICS systems. Now, the White House is expected uh, to issue that executive order in the coming days, any day now. Cybersecurity experts have also, though, called on the White House 
to include uh, funding for cybersecurity in its infrastructure plan. We've heard a lot about this infrastructure rollout, but you know, frankly, cybersecurity professionals and experts across the United States have been clamoring for weeks for the federal government and President Biden to acknowledge what a large problem this is and include some appropriations uh, in his plan uh, to really shore up critical infrastructure in the United States. Just this morning, former CISA director, Chris Krebs tweeting, this is out of control. He's been one of the advocates for that infrastructure plan to include uh, more cybersecurity provisions. Sorry, so we Krebs. See if we you know, hear more from the Biden. And How do we still have Krebs in, in charge of CISA? That idiot said that the, the, the election machines aren't connected to the internet, yet for some reason in Arizona, they don't want to give up the routers because get this, it has personal identifying voter information. Wait, why would a router have that? Wait, are you saying that it's connected to the internet? <laughs> I thought that this expert in CISA said that that's not a thing. So weird. So darn weird, isn't it? Now let's just do a short intermission. And with this intermission, I thought this is, well, I'm just going to get, <laughs> we're going to shift gears a little bit before I put music on and make you laugh a little bit. You guys ready for this? This is going to be fun. I'm going to show you <laughs> a very, <laughs> I'm laughing before I played. Oh my gosh. I, uh, a product placement uh, that was very unfortunate uh, preceding uh, a, a report. You guys ready for this? this? Is hilarious. Thank you, counterpart. I was overweight and looked terrible, but AIDS helped me lose forty-six pounds. The AIDS diet plan helped me lose twenty-eight pounds. AIDS helps control your appetite, so you lose weight. Yet AIDS lets you taste, chew, and enjoy. And the appetite suppressant in AIDS is not a stimulant. AIDS helped me to lose eighteen pounds, and it doesn't contain anything to make me nervous. Question: Why take diet pills when you can enjoy AIDS? AIDS helps you lose weight without making you jittery. Watching CNN last week, you examined the deadly flaws of this aircraft. You joined four newsmen in remembrance of Frank Reynolds. You debated the censure of two congressmen. This week, get the facts about AIDS, a CNN special report. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Bad product placement. And it was really weird because CNN was making AIDS out to be something gay right? So weird. So on that note, let's just take a quick five minute break, get our coffee ready and let's set some fire to rain. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Oh Lord. I've been waiting for this moment for all my life, oh Lord, can you feel it coming in the air tonight, oh Lord, oh Lord. Can you guys feel it? I can feel it, totally feel it. Totally feeling it. I hope you guys are. It's uh, going to be pretty incredible because, you know, when there's, do you know what? How's this? You guys, I have never in my life appreciated something that 
I haven't worked hard to get. The first time I ever felt that was when I was um, making something out of clay and I was a kid. And so my hands were making it. I kept screwing it up. I can't, I, I couldn't get it right. And I just kept at it and at it and at it. And then suddenly I got it. And I made a stupid little thing that I wanted to make as an ashtray for my father. But, you know, it, it was like a little cup thing. And I painted it and it was awesome and I loved it. And, I, but I made it. The harder I worked for it, I made it. It seemed impossible. I made it. If, if, for whatever reason, Think about it this way. President Trump by himself had succeeded in getting all of this done. Let's just pretend that he brought it home, the win, he overcame the, the, the stealing of uh, the elections. If he did all that, right? If he did all that, if he had done it himself, would it be just as amazing right now when you win? Isn't it going to be awesome that when all of this comes down, it's because you did it. That's what you have to look at. It had to be this way. You had to see it. You had to breathe it because if it was done in any other way, now I see why the titles and tiaras that piss me off was a blessing in disguise. Because then you would have had some deity or still reinforce the notion that you need to rely on someone bigger than you, someone with a bigger platform than you, someone with a bigger voice to help you. When you don't, you simply need you. And that's what's important. It had to be this way. It's not BS. It had to happen like this. Because if, if, if say for whatever reason, down in DC, that the efforts of, you know, Sidney Powell, Patrick Byrne, General Flynn, you know, President Trump, everybody, that, that same group of people was to bring it home, then you would rely on a, on a similar group of people in the future to help you once again. When in essence, it's you, the people that have the power, not one person, <clears throat> not one individual, not one entity. It's just you having faith in you. I say this all the time and, you know, a lot of people like to preach how faithful they are, but they walk in sight and that's the biggest mistake. You should never walk in sight. You should always walk in faith, whatever that be. Always walk in faith because that is a light brighter than any other that with eyes closed, you can find exactly what it is you need to get over whatever it is you're trying to get over, whatever hurdle, whatever you want to succeed. And it terrifies them that the people are understanding that.
You're a living and breathing example of that. Living, breathing example of it. And that's what's important. While, and, and, and many of you that feel frustrated or relied on Q, who you in your mind think is like this Gandalf version, or you think it's like a Power Ranger or Rangers, you'd be very disappointed to, <laughs> to see that it's none of that. You relied on one team, one person, rather than rely on yourself. Okay. And that's the problem. You need to know that there's no bigger force to be reckoned with than you. And that's how it is. Now, you know, obviously I've said this before. It's not fair to the other news outlets and reporters that I know stuff beforehand because I have an advantage. I time travel. I have time travel on my side. I've seen this movie before. You know, I don't remember every single detail. It's like when you do U.S. history, you remember like the key parts. You don't remember when Abraham Lincoln used the toilet or he had some spat with someone. You don't. You remember the key things. And even the key things, you kind of know the, you know, the cliff notes of it, right? So um, just remember that. Now, what we're seeing is a good tee up to something that we've been talking about. And I want to touch on that today. But before we go into that, you know, maybe I'll start with that because hopefully, hopefully I will be having an impromptu live stream one of these days in the next coming, is it tomorrow or the day after? I'm not, I'm not sure. And you're going to see your actions coming to light. And I'll, I'll, I'll try to, to hint to it to just show you how important you are. Now, all of you know, uh, you know, we've been talking about Wuhan, Wuhatan, Kansas a lot, right? We've been talking about Wuhatan, Kansas. Um, it's very important. We also had uh, submissions uh, that we can uh, put in a public comment to Manhattan, Kansas City Council meeting. Um, and everyone kind of sent comments in that they have to address so that was actually shared on the Telegram page because, as you can see, they're going to be making man-made um, predicaments, kind of like this hack, <laughs> kind of like famine. And so I want you guys to know they're uh, having a meeting tonight so we can all go to their Facebook page and watch. And, you know, they're like some blogger. And it's like, no, man, after what happened in 2020, I think we should be a little bit more careful as to what we say and do. I mean, this is just bad. So um, I want you to see the exchange between Rand Paul and Fauci about Wuhan. Now, I say this because this is setting the tone. Remember, Emerald Robinson asked the secretary, uh, the press secretary, uh, Chucky, about the origin of the virus. This is very, very important, the funding of these viruses. I want you to listen carefully to what Rand Paul said, because this is the foundation of what we can do to heal the wounds between both sides and unite both the left and the right together. It's like we're going to be pouring love on both sides and we're going to understand that both sides have been duped and we're going to come together. 
Because one thing that we can understand is destruction. Dr. Fauci, we don't know whether the pandemic started in a lab in Wuhan or evolved naturally, but we should want to know. Three million people died from this pandemic, and that should cause us to explore all possibilities. Instead, government authorities, self-interested in continuing gain-of-function research, say there's nothing to see here. Gain-of-function research, as you know, is juicing up naturally occurring animal viruses to infect humans. To arrive at the truth... The Stop. One second. I'm stopping it. What is the whole point of the NABF? To do just that. The U.S. government should admit that the Wuhan Virology Institute was experimenting to enhance the coronavirus's ability to infect humans. Juicing up super viruses is not new. Scientists in the U.S. have long known how to mutate animal viruses to infect humans. For years, Dr. Ralph Barrick, a virologist in the U.S., has been collaborating with Dr. Shi Zengli of the Wuhan Virology Institute, sharing his discoveries about how to create super viruses. This gain-of-function research has been funded by the NIH. The collaboration between the U.S. and the Wuhan Virology Institute continues. Doctors Barrick and Xi worked together to insert bat virus spike protein into the backbone of the deadly SARS virus and then used this man-made supervirus to infect human airway cells. Think about that for a moment. The SARS virus had a 15% mortality. We're fighting a pandemic that has about a 1% mortality. Can you imagine if a SARS virus that's been juiced up and had viral proteins added to it, the spike protein, if that were released accidentally? Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute Do they fund Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... Do you fund gain Dr. Barrick's gain-of-function research? So let me tell you something. Okay, so I'm going to tell you this because, remember, I actually was an intern until I got caught with some truth because I couldn't... I couldn't do it in cover anymore. Like it's so bad, but yes, they do. But their agreements with them is for other things, but they allocate that money to other things. So this is why he's sticking to, we do not fund gain of function. We do not fund gain of function. We do not fund gain of function. That's all he's going to say because he can't say anything else because they did fund Wuhan. Yes, they did. Research. D Dr. Barrett does not doing gain of function research. And if it is, it's according to the guidelines and it is being conducted in North Carolina. Not you don't think in inserting China. a bad virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain of function. That is you would not the minority because at least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it is not. And if you look at the grant, and you look at the uh, progress reports, it is not gain of function, despite the fact that people tweet that. So do you still support it. sending money to the Wuhan Virology Institute? We do not send money now to the to Wuhan uh, Virology Institute. you support sending money? We did, under your tutelage. We were sending it through EcoHealth. It was a sub-agency right. and a sub-grant. 
Do you support that the money from NIH that was going to the Wuhan Institute? Let me explain to you why that was done. The SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China. It would have been irresponsible of us if we did not investigate the bat viruses and the serology to see who might have been or, infected. Or perhaps it would be responsible to send it to the Chinese government that we may not be able to trust with this uh, knowledge and with this uh, incredibly dangerous viruses. Government scientists like yourself who favor gain of function research. I don't favor gain of function research in China. You are saying things that are not correct. Government defenders of gain of function, such as yourself, say that COVID-19 uh, mutations were random and not designed by man. <laughs> don't you love him? Gain of function people <laughs> research like people like you. <laughs> love it. Listen to this carefully, because I told you about this in February and March of 2020. But interestingly, the technique that Dr. Barrick developed forces mutations by serial passage through cell culture that the mutations appear to be natural. In fact, Dr. Barrick named the technique the noceum technique because the mutations appear naturally. Nicholas Baker in the New York Magazine said, nobody would know if the virus had been fabricated in a laboratory or grown in nature. Government authorities in the U.S., including yourself, unequivocally deny that COVID-19 could have escaped a lab. But even Dr. Xi in Wuhan wasn't so sure. According to Nicholas Baker, Dr. Xi wondered, could this new virus have come from her own laboratory? She checked her records frantically and found no matches. That really took a load off my mind, she said. I had not slept for days. The director of the gain-of-function research in Wuhan couldn't sleep because she was terrified that it might be in her lab. Dr. Barrick, an advocate of gain-of-function research, admits the main problem that the Institute of Virology has is the outbreak occurred in close proximity. What are the odds? Barrick responded, could you rule out a laboratory escape? The answer in this case is probably not. Will you in front of this group categorically say that the COVID-19 could not have occurred through serial passage in a laboratory? I do not have any accounting of what the Chinese may have done, and I'm fully in favor of any further investigation of what went on in China. However, I will repeat again, the NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. You do support it in the U.S. We have 11 labs doing it, and you have allowed it here. We have a committee to do it, but the committee has granted every exemption. You're, you're fooling with Mother Nature here. You're allowing super viruses to be created with a 15% mortality. It's very dangerous. I think it was a huge mistake to share this with China, and it's a huge mistake to allow this to continue in the United States. And we should be very careful to investigate where this virus came from. I fully agree that you should investigate where the virus came from. But again, we have not funded gain-of-function research on this virus in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, you're, no matter how parsing many times words, you're parsing you say words. There was research. Happen. There was research done with Dr. Xi and Dr. Barrick. They have collaborated on gain-of-function research where they enhanced the SARS virus to infect human airway cells and they did it by merging a new spike protein on it. That is gain of function. That was joint research between the Wuhan Institute 
and Dr. Barrick. You can't deny it. Senator Paul, your time time has expired. Dr. Fauci, I will let you respond to that when we need to move on. Excuse me? You're, I will allow you to respond to that and then we'll move on. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to say, we. I, I don't know how many times I can say it, Madam Chair, we did not fund gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Thank you. Senator Smith. So we're going to be hearing a lot about Wuhan, Kansas, very soon. And the reason is, is that that is the way we can unify this nation under one cause. I mean, where are my Native Americans with all these pipelines getting upset that the Chinese own them? Will we start seeing the Chinese sue tribal lands for mineral rights? Tory, stop. Well, we'll revisit that in about five months because that's what you're going to be seeing. And it's not going to be pretty at all. Uh, things are going to get heated up and we're going to have the radicals um, coming out of nowhere. Now, I also wanted to show you uh, the divisive, uh, how does he, how does he call it? Divider in chief. Speak to the people about things because what we're going to do, and I'm waiting to get the, the, the final go ahead on a law firm. All of us, those of you that want to be a part of it are going to be part of a major lawsuit. And this lawsuit is going to really tickle some feathers. It has to do with what we're going to hear about after we hear this. You said earlier you don't understand Republicans. What, is it, what does it say about them if they oust Liz Cheney from leadership for telling the truth about the election? Look, uh, um, it seems as though the Republican Party is trying to identify what it stands for. And they're in the midst of... Uh, significant uh, sort of mini revolution going on in the Republican Party. Um, I've been a Democrat for a long time. We've gone through periods where we've had internal fights and disagreements. I don't ever remember any like this. And so, as one of you said, and I'm not embarrassed by identifying them, as one of you said on national television last night, we badly need a Republican Party. We need a two-party system. It's not healthy to have a one-party system. And I think the Republicans are further away from trying to figure out who they are and what they stand for than I thought they would be at this point. Did you hear what he said? First of all, that was actually Joe Biden. Second of all, he said that we need a two-party system. I want you to let that sink in for a bit. Let it percolate. Let it percolate because there's a one-party system now. That was an admission. Let it percolate. Because the perceived two-party system is, has now been revealed as a one-party system, which was the actual system. Remember, in all activities, there's a perceived situation and an actual situation. 
the actual situation was that both parties were on the same page. The perceived situation is that there was a two-party system. It is the biggest BS ever because they always want to seem like there's a tug of war. I went over this years ago with you guys. There is no Republican Party. It's all a facade. And there are maybe a handful, actually seven, real conservatives. And please don't tell me about Cruz. I want you to stop. Because the more they see us as being weak, the stronger we are. And I will always be the people's umbrella. Remember that. All right. So now we're going to talk about our lawsuit without talking about our lawsuit. I want you to pay attention to this. And we'll talk about it when it's signed, sealed, and delivered around June 10th. Hopefully. I mean, it could take plus or minus a couple days. But that's where I'll be broadcasting from another couple of states. I will be broadcasting, but from different states. I want you guys to listen to this report. If it lets me. Anytime now. There we go. Biden is a divisive anti-cop race baiter. How about that for a statement out of the gate? You know what he's doing? He's moving the left's war on cops to an absolute new level in an era when police are being wrongly vilified every day in the mainstream media. You would think at the very least during police week of all weeks, Joe Biden could remind the nation that brave men and women in blue are there to keep us safe and we should be thankful for their service and willingness to sacrifice their lives for a largely ungrateful public. Instead, we get this from our divider in chief, a statement to kick off police week that reads this year. We also recognize that in many of our communities, especially black and brown communities, there is a deep sense of distrust towards law enforcement. Now that statement during police week, come on. The statement goes on to say in order to rebuild that trust, we as a nation must embrace policing that reflects community values and ensures community safety. You see, but in Joe Biden's leftist world, what that means is defund the police and then, of course, take away officers' qualified immunity. So if an officer makes a mistake on the job, they could lose their homes and all they worked for. But most of all this, it means standing down is what Joe Biden's talking about, letting his community values take over, not our community values. And it's happening already. Please, get out of here now! Get out now! Lee! 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 Don't you dare! Get the weapon! Get the weapon! Get the weapon! Get him on the ground! All right, we told you about this incident last week in Portland where Black Lives Matter street thugs armed with rifles and other weapons beat this Marine veteran to the point of hospitalization, broken ribs, a whole slew of injuries. Not only were there no cops anywhere to be found in Portland near this, where this incident happened, but after we profiled this video, after millions of people watched it online, as of yet, not one of those Black Lives Matter domestic terrorists have been arrested. Not one. 
I want you to pay attention carefully to what they're doing. They're trying to make us initiate a civil war. I really wish that I had the ability to get this done next week, but I won't be here next week. I mean, there's only going to be one day that I'm not going to broadcast, but I will be traveling and it's on a personal thing, not because of something I'm going to do, but I will tell you that for some reason, and I have no idea how, when I had this discussion last week, I said, oh, you know, I did, I can, you know, fork up, you know, 30, 40 to get this done. And I know it's going to be more. And then for some reason, some weird investment just blew up. I don't ask me. And I'm like, yesterday I was on the phone and I'm like, here you go. I got it. I don't know how it happened. I can't say much on, and, and if I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to make it guys. I just can't tell you enough how God is working right now. I want you to be patient. I want you to make sure you don't take arms. I want you to stay as safe as you can, because this is happening in Portland because they're able to, because of the government they have, but this is what they want to spread. They want to make summer hot because they're in a lot of hot water right now. Please do not fall for it. A lot of these things are purposely done, purposely done. And I want to say this, I don't know how something that was worth 0.000001 pennies has now been worth two pennies. It's the most insane thing I've ever seen. I just, I, I can't, I, I have no words to just tell you that please, for those of you that are listening, have faith because it is so insane what happened. I'm telling you it happened. When did it happen? Yesterday I, I left the show and, and went to um, a dentist appointment and, you know, that's, you know, and then right after I was like, we're doing it. Yes, let's go. And it's going to be, and I will, when it, when, when it's signed, sealed and delivered, you'll, you'll see, it will be live. I promise to you. Um, I had never seen something like this in my life. It is the most incredible thing. And a little literal miracle by, by angels. Um, and I, I want you, I wanted this hour for you to understand just how much change you guys are going to make, just how much change you're going to make. And, you know, obviously it would have been great to sit with me, but it's okay. Um, whatever it is, it's going to come back to our kids are going to have an amazing America to look after, but we're going to be flipping it on its head. That's all I can say. And so what you're watching now and what you're going to watch next, you're going to see exactly what you're doing. I won't even be on it. 
it's going to be the people literally. Um, but I'm really excited about this. I'm extremely excited about this. And, um, when I can, I'll say more. I just want you guys, cause what you're going to see in the next couple weeks is going to really drive you insane, right? What you're going to see, um, is going to drive you insane, but you know, it's going to be fine. I want you to look at this, kind of let it percolate and please don't push me to say more because I cannot. Um, but it was the most insane thing. And it was like, wow, that's all I have to say. It, it literally pennies from heaven. It was the most insane thing. And I was like, done. I, I, that's the only thing I did was make that phone call and say, I don't know how it happened. You know, I didn't, you know, run anything. I didn't say, Hey, you know, I, cause I was thinking we'll set up directly to the firm. I didn't, we're good. And I, I got this and it was the most insane thing that happened yesterday. I mean, I'm still processing it obviously, but, and I really wish that I can start it sooner, but I can't because I have to, um, I have to be, be gone, um, for a week. So when I get back, <laughs> I will then leave and get this done. And I I'm telling you, I, I don't know how it happened, but it is the most incredible thing, literally angels raining down from heaven. And uh, obviously, you know, I, I you know, <laughs> for me, it would have been like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to stop doing everything and, you know, I'm good. But it was just like, oh, my God, like I was in tears after the appointment because I didn't know the only thing that I did was make that phone call. And I was like, deal done. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. Uh, so, you know, while I was thinking, how am I going to put this out? Um, that happened. So pay attention without much commentary. I want you to say everything you're seeing is very important because the only way that you can take down an enemy is to hit them on all fronts at once, right? If you want to go for the head, you go for the legs, the toes, the fingers, the hand arms, you go for that. And, you know, the more pressure you put on them from all angles, just like you're seeing in Arizona right now, they're going for the routers, right? They're demanding it. They're doing the audit, right? They've got the quo warranto. They're firing all, all ends. You know, they're suffocating right now. And don't forget. It was the proud boys from Arizona that broke down the doors. It was Ali Akbar that used Arizonan senators or congressmen to push his narrative, right? So remember, it's all going down like a phoenix. It's going to rise. And so we've got that on the election front. Then we've got Rico Suave. And then we've got this. So pay attention carefully, just listen to the words, let it percolate and think. What is it that we the people can do about this? The department claims an investigation is underway, but the sheer fact that they had no officers at a weekly Black Lives Matter march 
proves the department has bowed to the mob. The local Fox station interviewed the victim, Joseph Hall, and called into question the lack of police response in Portland around the city. More 911 calls were made from other intersections Thursday, including Interstate Avenue and Killingsworth, where a driver reported a crowd smashed out their back window and slashed their tires. For Hall, this was the last straw. I, I'm done. I'm done working in Portland. You know, I'm shutting my business down, and I'm probably not going to be coming back. Well, folks, more and more often, we are seeing police let the mob have their way. Let's take it to Plano, Texas, not far from where I broadcast. Tensions were building there on Friday night when Black Lives Matter chaos creators blocked a major intersection. Police appeared to do nothing about it. That's when this happened. Folks, they blocked the street. The line went all the way back. That guy in blue there was clearly angry. In the video, you could only see one uniformed officer. The question is, why would Plano police allow BLM activists to take over a major thoroughfare? You don't have any right in this country to block traffic like that. Instead, Plano appeared to have lots of undercover officers on the scene. But that does nothing when it comes to forcing the mob to obey the law, which leaves me wondering. Wait, that's another thing. Okay, I wanted to tell you guys something. So the police are a big problem, too, in regards to upholding rights of the people. So yesterday I was at a supermarket because Phoebe's sick. She um, swallowed her uh, a medication and it went down the wrong hole. So obviously she's suffering from a pneumonia now because you, when you get foreign objects in there, your body starts to fight it. And that's because kids are lazy and they're playing video games, don't tilt their head backs, or she just didn't swallow it correctly. And so um, I went there to go get her some stuff. I went to get some cuties. I went to get some, uh, you know, fresh fruit, um, just to kind of get her on it, right? Yeah, she's been sick at home for like two days now. And so um, I went to get um, uh, Vicks, uh, you know, the little patches that make your airways open, um, and a thermometer that works just to make sure, you know, and taking care of her. So anyway, I, um, I go down there and I'm like, uh, going into the store doing my thing. And so I go to the desk to ask for a, um, $25 gift card, um, only because, well, I don't want to say it, but anyway, I, I wanted to do something with it. And as I went there, I parked my cart and no one said anything to me. I was maskless, right? I was completely maskless. And, um, I get to the, to the, to the front desk. I'm like paying for this $25 gift card, um, in the middle of my shopping and a police officer comes over to me. He's like, are you wearing a mask? And I was like, is that part of your like enforcement thing? And he was like, well, it's the law. And I was like, no, it's not. If you know your job, you would know that it was overturned. Um, and, uh, you know, this is not your scope, is it? And he's like, you better put it on. This is a private property. And I was like, so they're discriminating against me because I can't wear one. Is that what you're saying?
can I have your badge number? I took it. He was a canine unit because I wasn't in one of the best Cleveland area stopping off to get, you know, fruit and orange juice. And, um, and he was like, well, you have to put it on because it's private property. And I was like, but you're supposed to uphold the constitution, not discriminate against people that can't abide by, well, it's a private business. And I was like, it wasn't so private when they forced the guy to bake a cake for gay people. Cause he didn't feel like it. He's like, are you going to put it on or am I going to escort you out? I was like, are you going to put your hands on me? So I was in my bag looking for a mask because I wanted to complete what I was there for, right? And he just kept on. I was like, listen, buddy, right? You're on the wrong fucking side. And you and your kin will get exactly what you're fighting for. And that's slavery. He's like, well, I'm going to take you out. And I was like, why? You're not putting your mask on. I was like, as you can see, my bag is kind of endless. So I'm looking through it. Do you mind? And I said, next time. Make sure that businesses that operate in this state don't discriminate against people. Maybe that should be your job. So again, just so you understand, not all police officers are good, right? All I did was give him the stink eye from then. It's like, you little bitch. And excuse my, no, not excuse my French. He is. Because it's people like that that want to enforce unconstitutional actions upon people. That cause the chaos and the communism we see. So I put my mask on, obviously not over my nose, looked at him and I said, are you satisfied now? Did you instill your authority? And he just tutted. It made me sick. All I did was stare at him and some other little bitch that was a clerk while they were shooting shit or, you know, doing hanky panky on their own on the side. I'll never go to a giant Eagle again. And then that lady happened to check me out and she's like, did you find everything you want? I said, yeah, but you guys are so discriminatory. And she goes, why? Cause people that can't wear masks have to wear them in your store. Well, they could just order online. I said, yeah, maybe we should just tell all white people to order online and only black and brown people can come and shop. And she looked at me. I was like, or should it be black people should only shop online and everybody else can shop in the store? Which way? See, same thing I said. Just sounds different, doesn't it? And she just looked at me and <laughs> was just like, last time I'll ever go to a giant eagle in my life. Because you know what? Whole Foods doesn't even give me shit. And they're all filled with people that don't even know what sex they are. So, um, it was the most ridiculous thing. So point of it is your police are also a problem. The police that, you know, like to get paid, like to keep their head down and want people to just pay attention to the rules, even if they're wrong. Kind of like that Supreme Court justice that was like, yeah, Tori, you may be right. And even though the lower court was wrong, you still had to abide by it. Uh, what? No. This is America. We don't do unconstitutional things. And we're rebels. We revolt against anyone trying to put chains on our hands and feet. If in Plano, Texas, of all places, the police will willingly secede power to anarchists, how long will it take for police in every city to simply give up? That leaves all of us on our own. And to think, at the same time, Democrats are trying to disarm us. This chaos and anarchy, all of this stems from the left's war on cops, by the way. A, a war, really, it saddens me to say, but the left is winning. 
If we don't support our officers and their efforts to take back the streets from the rioters, the criminals, and the rabble-rousers, folks, this nation is sunk, and we will be in for some very dark times ahead. And to think, this is what Joe Biden and his band of communists actually want. Hey, I'm Rob Finnerty. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please... Please watch Newsmax. Only certain people, though. Now, here's this. You've already seen this. I want you to pay attention because we're going to be making waves, okay? Just pay attention. Well, folks, leave it to the Biden administration to politicize even the most bipartisan issues and gaff Joe Biden's way through it. That's what he did. Today, Joe Biden held a news conference to give an update on his $28.6 billion restaurant revitalization fund federal relief that struggling restaurants, bars, and other venues can apply for. It allows owners to apply for up to $10 million for business. But there's a catch here. Under the guidelines of this fund, the relief is being prioritized. Are you ready for this? Based on race and gender. Of course it is. This is what they do. And if business owners are considered socially and economically disadvantaged individuals, well, they're put to the top of the list. So the Small Business Administration lists on its website women, veterans, and disadvantaged people as a priority. Translation, white men who are not veterans, apparently you're not eligible. Here's how the Biden administration is defining socially and economically disadvantaged individuals. Part of an economically disadvantaged Indian tribe subject to racial, ethnic, prejudiced or cultural bias, Black American, Hispanic American, Native American, Asian American. But folks, the China virus affected all Americans and all restaurants in this country at the same time. No matter if the owners are Black, White, Asian, Indian, man, woman, who cares? If you're an employee, do you really care what color your boss is? You just want to go to work. All of it makes no sense to me unless you're playing politics, right? Which appears to be what the Democrats only want to do. Well, joining me now is Democrat political strategist and author of the book, The End of Democracy. Doug Schoen is here. Doug, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me, Grant. Doug, this doesn't really seem to make any sense unless you're just trying to stick people in the side with, with a sharp stick. Grant. I believe you help people based on need, and that's economic need. You're exactly right. We in this country have an obligation to those in affected businesses, like restaurants, certainly to provide help. The legislation is a step definitely in the right direction, but it should be based on economic need, not um, you know gender or race. I have no problems recognizing that there still is gender-based discrimination and racial discrimination, but the way you redress an economic problem that a restaurant or bar or tavern has is based on real need, not not based on gender or race. That has nothing to do you know, with the need the restaurant is or is not facing. If you're trying to open restaurants and bars back up, I have to believe there are some Black and Hispanic employees that may work for white owners. And if you're not helping the white owners up, open back up, well, you're hurting those minority employees and, and vice versa through, through all of this. So, you know, I always get heat for having you on the show, Doug. I know you know this, right? But 
I want to get inside the mind of a Democrat. So you're a strategist for them. What are they doing here? What is Joe Biden's motivation for coming up with a scheme like this? You know, Grant, I grew up in the era where you judge people, as Dr. King said, based on the content of your character. We had race-based initiatives that were at the form and uh, core of segregation. The whole point of the civil rights movement was to get away from judgments based on race so that we had race-blind judgments and that I thought the most effective economic assistance is based on actual need. My party has moved away from that, sadly, to a judgment based on race, ethnicity, um, you know, critical race theory for many, which I think is very, very harmful to my party, to the country, and to the cause that Dr. King spoke of. I'm committed to anti-discrimination, to be sure, but the best way to eliminate need is look at those most in need, not look at color of people's skin or gender. Well, clearly, I don't know how else you describe this, but racist against white people. I mean, if if it was the roles were reversed here and you were saying black people were not going to be eligible, um, doesn't make any sense to me. But this is the games they're playing. I think they're dividing this country further and further apart. Doug Schoen, as always, great to have we, you on the program. We need inclusive Thanks. policies, not divisive policies, Grant. Amen, brother. I appreciate that. Thank you, you so much. It. There are laws for that, you guys. Very good ones. Very, very good ones. So someone actually posted another crime against humanity that apparently if you're over the age, if you're an adult and you have sex with an 11-year-old, you're no longer put on a sex offender list. That's a big deal. They're taking away the very foundation of what it is to be normal. They are now discriminating against anyone that's not the right shade of color. That's a big problem. And we're going to stop it. And like I said, you'll know more the day that there will be a call to action. Now, how, who, what, when, where, those two videos were giving you a good little hint to it. But I'll let you know the day of. And I know that all the mainstream media losers will be in there. But you know what? I never say things when they're not already done. Kind of like your pipelines. And you have to think when we're talking pipelines, when we're talking babushka companies, babushka, babushka, you know, nesting dolls. You have to think who owns colonial pipelines. Hmm. South Korea, the French, via the Canadians. And where did I tell you they were sending most of our gas and oil? To the north, Canada, where we have an increased presence of the CCP. And where is the Dakota Access Pipeline going through? North Dakota. Where are the other ones going to? Up north, by Maine. What's there? Quebec very close by. If you look at all these shell companies upon shell companies, you'll see that the colonial pipeline that has all these owners also own, get this, part or are in collaboration with 
or have mutual agreements with C E F C. Oh, and by the way, the Daily Mail said that the Chinese guy who owned CEFC was arrested. No, he was disappeared. Nobody knows where he is. I just wanted to put out the facts for you. Nobody knows where he is. No. Now, I'm trying to get this um, video because I wanted to show you J-O-B in his new glasses really upset and talking. Um, but it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Uh, let's see if I can pull it up. I really wanted you guys to see, um, his face because it's very telling. I'm trying to find where I stashed it. I, you know what? I actually have it on video. So let me see if I can, cause I archive most of this stuff. Let's see. Mm. Let's find it. Where's my J-O-B? Where is my J-O-B? Because he talked yesterday, and what was interesting is what he said. Okay, there it is. Says. Sort. Let me just sort this. And it's not wanting to sort for me. Okay. Um, okay. Where is this? Come on. Are you serious? Am I in the right place? Uh, I was in the wrong place. All right. Here we go. Apologize for the delay. Let me see if I can open it. I believe it. you okay. were um, interviewed as go. part of the... I can put that there and share the screen. Give me a sec. Let me show him to you. Um, can we do that? What's going on here? No, don't need to show that. There we go. You guys need to see this because it's quite fascinating. The way he um, speaks. All right, here we go. Let me play it. Play. Okay, we know. Play. I believe you were um, interviewed as part of the Durham investigation. You were also targeted by Donald Trump directly, attacked. I believe once he threatened to take the clearances away from you and a bunch of your former um, peers in intelligence and national security circles. And just in the context of everything that's public facing, I wonder how you received this news Friday night. Well, I think as Carol pointed out, it just continues to reflect the Trump administration's determination to use the instruments of government power to try to find the critics within the administration or outside critics of Donald Trump. And it just demonstrates the length to which Bill Barr and others within the administration were willing to go in order to do Donald Trump's bidding. This is something that clearly was not an effort to try to just find out about unauthorized disclosures of classified information. It was to find who within the administration was talking to the press to try to reveal all of the wrongdoing within the Trump administration. So this is the CIA director saying that trying to find out who within the administration or not the administration is talking and giving out national security information is a problem. I mean, that's normal, but the glasses, man, there's a story behind that. 
Message received, dude. Game on. So I think as Carol pointed out, it's quite unusual. We just found this out recently. The Washington Post just found it out recently about this effort back in 2017 to get the correspondence or the metadata of these reporters from the Washington Post to find out who they were in contact with. So again, I think it just gives further evidence of the lens to which the Trump administration was abusing its powers and engaged in, I think, these very corrupt practices and having individuals such as the Attorney General of the United States to do these types of things purely for political purposes. So when he investigated the Senate and Congress to find out how they got information about the UAV that was bombing without permission in Northern Africa, in the Horn of Africa, it was okay. But when we're looking at people that are putting out false information or leaking national security information, it's wrong. That doesn't make sense. I want you to pay attention to that, but it was very purposeful what he said. He's a very bad man. He's a very bad man. And it's game on. And his stupid little babushka. Very bad man. And he deserves everything that's coming for him. I'm not the one that's going to give it to him. The people are. It's not going to be me. I will never throw the first stone, ever. But it's going to come. So, oh, tomorrow or the day after tomorrow, we'll be talking about South Carolina. We need to talk about the races that are going on there, you guys. Like, there's some crazy, crazy stuff, okay? There is some crazy stuff going on in South Carolina. We need to throw support behind the right people that will take it home. And that's very important that we do so. I'm going to see if I can get someone to come and chat with it after certain stories are out. Now, as you know, I like to write. I don't have a lot of time to write. I need to do a nice Venmo article to show that you can buy crack and uh, hookers and um, bribe people with Venmo. But if the New York Times gives information to PayPal, they will ban people. That's a very, very important statement right there. And I have the receipts to back that shit up. So the New York Times better be ready for this because you're next. Once, once we're done with the first, we're coming. For, we're going to own your paper. We're going to own your paper because paper trails a bitch. And I finally got that communication. And you know what? It didn't even come from the U.S. It came from Ireland. Got you tied in a bow. Got that? About three minutes ago. Three minutes ago how there were discussions with people at PayPal to shut down certain PayPal accounts. Because like the New York Times said, these people shouldn't be able to use things. They need to be on person. Well, huh, New York Times, you're going to have a lot of explaining to do because discovery, damn, that shit's a lot of fun. You just watch. So um, I want you guys to keep that in mind. Um, hopefully tomorrow we can talk about South Carolina, uh, because that's really important. We see Lynn Wood, uh, making waves out there and not a lot of people want to talk about it, but at the end we have to understand that in what they want is to have no lives matter whatsoever. That's basically it. No lives matter to these people. So what better way than to play that awesome song by Tom McDaniel, McDonald, which is actually lame. Labeled, labeled. Wow, can't even speak right now because I'm just shocked that I got an email.
labeled as no lives matter because that's exactly what they want. They want no lives to matter. They want you to not care about another person. They want people unpersoned. So let's close it with no lives matter. And South Carolina, eyes on you tomorrow, day after. I'm hoping tomorrow because you guys have elections on Saturday. Until then, I'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Cannot even rap. Media dividing us because white or black. If you believe in Jesus, these days Christians get attacked. If you don't hate police, then everybody thinks you're white. And everything's so connected. Black Lives Matter got so aggressive. White folks who agree can't support the message. Both sides go to war because they don't respect it. Our social climate from the global tension turned to total violence and a whole depression. We could unify and then I'll go against, but we let them divide us with votes and elections. Hey, the music we bump. All about shooting guns and doing drugs. Hey, whoa. The things that we want are promoted subliminally through the songs like You need a fast car. You need designer clothes. You need a rap star to tell you to start popping pills at the blunt and go live at the club till you're broke. It's all controlled by the elites. Put fake news all over our screens. Convincing the right to go fight with the left and distract from the fact that it's each other we need. Uh, divided by race and religion. Segregated into teams. Uh, you're a white supremacist. If you're not, I guess you're Antifa. Screaming from the rooftops, beat down better. Turn us on each other now, no lives matter. If we do what the news wants, blood don't splatter. Turn us on each other till no.